0: What's up, y'all? I'm Alan Hanlon, Keir Nut, and this is another episode of Lawns Across America. Today, I'm talking to an entrepreneur who is into the robotic mower business. His name is Matt the Mower Guy, and he is using the power of TikTok to build and break new ground, again, with these robotic mowers. If you're a professional out there and you happen to be listening to this, I don't talk to you guys very often, but this does cross over. I hear a lot of you all that are talking about that you don't like the battery-powered mowers. You're going to stick with gas-powered mowers until the day you die and all of these things. And I'll tell you that the threat to your business is not the battery. The threat to your business is actually the robotic mower. And so if you want to know what is ahead? If you want to know where the early adopters are, and if you want to know where the biggest businesses are going to be in the next 10 years, they're going to be those built. Around robotic mowers, and you can take that from me. Somebody that is a silent observer on the outside don't talk to pros very much, but I still do have very big opinions based on what I see and trends that I see in the marketplace. And so, when Brett said, "Hey, this guy called Matt, the mower guy, is coming in town," because Brett is into these uh, these types of mowers as well, he said, "Let's have him on the podcast." I said, "That's a great idea." And uh, I'll be honest with you, I was not expecting what we got. Ended up being a great interview, and hopefully, you'll be inspired. So, with that, let's get right into our interview with Matt, the mower guy. Matt, the mower guy. Welcome. And we haven't done any talking ahead of this. I have no idea really, except I've been on your TikTok a little bit here and there. So I'm excited to hear about you and you're an entrepreneur. That's why I have you here. And you're an entrepreneur in the lawn space, which is definitely why we have you here. So Matt, the mower guy, tell us about yourself. What do you do?
1: Well, that's kind of simple. Um, They call me Matt, the mower guy. What my company does is we sell, install, repair, maintain robotic lawnmower systems. I always tell everyone. I don't work for a single manufacturer. Uh, we're just a bunch of robotic lawnmower experts.
0: Okay. So if I'm your customer, uh, I'm a residential home. Is that your main customer is residential? Or are you going commercial too?
1: Yeah, we have a little bit of everything, a little bit of government, a little bit of commercial, a little bit of residential. Right now, by far, residential is the biggest, but without a doubt in my mind, commercial is going to overtake it probably next so, year.
2: So right now, which segment is growing fastest? It it
1: has been residential for years, um, but what is in the pipeline and for sales, commercial is going to jump over top of all residential just because of the sheer size of the property.
2: Right. So so we've actually talked about this recently. Uh, we did a did a podcast not too long ago. After actually, when did we do that? After GIE last year. Yeah, we, we talked all about so, what so our thoughts were from we that. went to we went to GIE last year. You were there, right? Yep. And uh, our thoughts from GIE were, number one, electric is getting big, and number two, robotic is getting big. And so we actually talked about, we painted scenarios, right? And uh, one scenario that we thought would be blowing up in the next little bit was commercial for units like this, right? Yes. So these big commercial properties like here, where we're constantly doing Zoom calls and, and stuff like that, where I don't want a loud, noisy lawnmower buzzing back and forth by my window, so mm-hmm. I could see commercial going, blowing up with oh, robotic stuff.
1: Oh yeah, and it's it's beyond just the noise. And what's funny is like because I'm around the robot so much, I don't think about the noise until I hear a regular lawnmower way <laughs> off in the distance, and I can still hear it, and it's like three hundred yards away, four hundred yards away, and I can still hear right. it going.
2: It's amazing cuz we could have a robot mower going in here right now mm-hmm. and you wouldn't be able to tell. No, not at all. They're dead
1: silent when you turn them on when they start impacting grass. They we describe it like a human hum. It's about 58 decibels. You'll hear this. It'll sound like and about that loud, too.
0: It's so
1: awesome. so with commercial um, being
0: where every where you see as the biggest, but right now residential, you yes. say makes up the majority of your business. So Uh, I want to go back into the entrepreneurial side of it. Like, what did you do in college or did you go to college? And why did you decide to be the source for, I guess, homeowners that, let me just say this. The way I look at your business model is, is if I'm a homeowner and I really want this technology, it's right now, there's too many barriers to entry for me to install it myself. Not me, Alan Hain, but 99% of people. Especially
2: the target customer for mobile well, Most robot people mower, don't, right?
0: don't even sharpen the mower blade on their current mower. So they're just not going to do it. So you, you, you break down all the barriers to entry. You're almost like if I'm going to get a cell phone, but I'm going to get a, a mower. So tell me about that business model. Where'd you come up with this?
1: So what I did was I just kept telling myself, kiss it, kiss it, kiss it. You know, keep it short and simple. Um, So when it comes down to like funneling in a residential customer, the first thing that we really want to do is we want to put boots on ground and just walk their property even before they make a purchase. That way they make A, the right purchase, but B, they already have a plan in their head that they can envision. They can envision where the charging station is. They can envision how is it going to cross over the sidewalk or am I going to set it over in this secondary working area? So on and so forth. And then you were touching base a little bit with, um, forgive me, it was... Well, I'm concerned yeah, about... I'm, I want to know about the business model. So, yeah. and we'll get
0: into... And this is good, what you're doing for the customer. Like I said, I can understand that, again, most people in the world, they think a robot mower is cool for whatever reasons. It's quiet. It's environmentally friendly. They like the cut. They want to go... Whatever reason, they like yeah. it. Because because there's a lot of reasons to like them. Uh, but my thing is, they're not going to do it themselves because they have to barrier wire or whatever it is. They're just not going to do it. People don't change the oil in their own car anymore. So, my, so I think... To me, the reason you're successful, if you are, which I'm going to ask you some pretty big questions, and you can tell me if I go too deep. I'm sorry, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. endlessly curious about what you're doing because I think it's awesome. So like I said, if, if you're going to solve all of that for me, then I'm going to call you. So again, why did you, why did you start this? Why, what, what did you do? Did you see a need?
1: So actually, how did I, are you asking like how i end up with robots? Why are you doing monitors? this and you're not a plumber oh, yeah, or whatever? Yeah, this, how, how did you, oh, yeah, how, did yeah, you that's how did you get yeah, rid You, that's yeah, you, yeah, now it you got a good feel. question going. I like yeah, this. Okay. I got you. Okay. Um, this is my background is, okay. yes, I did go to college. I'm sitting on top of about 140 credit hours, give or take, never applied for any of my degrees, uh, ended up entering the workforce, needed a temporary job, um, already had one lined out with a fortune 100, took a temporary job and they just kept promoting me and it was marketing and sales. I got to a certain point that I knew I was successful there, but I wanted to break away and start my own thing again. So I Mm -hmm. broke away, moved back to Ohio to be closer to family, and I started working with smart home automation. We had contracts on every single large player, Google, Nest, Vivint, smart home, you name it, we had a contract on them. The problem with smart home automation, though, is there's too many moving parts. Too many contracts are bought and sold so it's like ring and then ring gets bought out by amazon and yeah and you're in that yeah, ecosystem yeah, yeah. and now it
0: doesn't talk to everybody else and okay yeah,
1: yeah it starts getting really complex and it's i like looked telco. up and yeah. we had 1.7 million sku Oh, yeah, yeah, when you when you have 1.7 million individual parts and pieces to choose from to build somebody's smart how, home,
2: how do you how do you even Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's why people become a dealer,
0: right? well we only deal in whatever Nortel, which I know they're not even in business anymore. But whatever, I only deal in this or I only deal in that, right? But mm-hmm. then it gets to a point where there isn't a one-size-fits-all company that Correct. does everything. Correct. Okay, so tell me about your journey further. So you're doing this uh you're selling home automate, you're a salesman. Yeah, yeah we do you're in we the did sales, force.
1: sales, we did installation. But what's your job? Owned the company. And push oh, you owned it. You started it. Okay. Push everything forward. So yeah. that was, okay, I got yeah, you. This All company right. was opened in uh, 2017. I opened it right before I moved back to Ohio. And then what we ended okay. up doing was I sat down and I really looked at it. We were talking about 1.7 million SKU and I started crunching the numbers and I was looking for something scalable that I could take nationwide. Something where I could help other people get into business and grow my own company, helping other people. And when I was really looking at smart home, it just wasn't working. I was losing money left and right. We'd, we'd gain money, but I'd lose it in the next couple of months. Are you stocking all these SKUs,
0: or are you ordering no, them no. on- we're, no, we're, I mean, yeah, there's, there's no-, no How do you yeah, how do stock, stock so, yeah. 1.7 million SKUs? Well, correct, but, that's why I said you stock- I'm, 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 And that that's amplifies be a delay. the problem, because you
1: order the wrong part, or you get the wrong part, and you comes. send it back. Yeah. And then not only that, but then you're paying the shipping back and
2: forth. Your customer doesn't
1: understand that. Exactly. A small change for them
2: is a huge cost burden on me especially in the day and age now, like everybody wants everything right away. So if you're not warehousing those SKUs and you say, hey, you know what, especially like think about COVID, like COVID slowed everything down. And so now you're saying, hey, well, there's a delay because of COVID. I can't get your part for four weeks. Nobody wants that.
1: Yeah, even before COVID hit, I knew that it wasn't scalable. I knew that there was no way that we were going to get this under wraps without your right hammering down with one company which you don't and want to do doing a simple plan. And we never could get that re- those relationships built mm. to where we could make even one of them. So we were talking to them for a long time. We were dealing with Vivint smart home and it's a whole home automation. Yep. We were dealing with Google. It's a whole home automation with Amazon. They own ring now and between ring and all the other smart home automation they have, we could build a whole smart home automation with them on their platform. Right. The problem was again, it goes back to, is it scalable and is it profitable? and it just wasn't but what happened on that journey was we stumbled across robotic lawnmowers okay there we go there it is
2: so so before you get there mm-hmm. what was your experience with lawn care prior to that simple um i grew up on a farm
1: with okay. a, with like a four in acre ohio. yard in ohio okay. yeah um so We're no no commercial no no, experience. no, no real no, lawn care experience and yeah. so when I meet landscapers that's one of the first thing I tell them is hey I'm not a landscaper I'm not here to replace you I can't I don't because I bet they feel threatened don't they they do so the, no, the boy the big do they ones feel don't. threatened so the big ones don't the big ones they see, see the, me for what I am which value. is just an expert on the industry and they have a tendency to draw me in and want to talk to me a lot because you come from the tech side it's cool yeah. that's I like where you come from you're not just some guy you're you're different. But if I were to run an advertisement with robotic lawnmowers, the twenty dollar a yard guy is going to leave me a bunch of negative reviews for sure.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you you see them on your TikTok a lot, I bet. Yeah, they come by. Yeah, they yeah,
1: but you can't string trim. You know what so. happens to them though is typically if they hang out for more than a week or two, they'll reverse it, and they'll start talking politely and real nice because they probably like see the more. opportunity. And we can, I want to talk mm-hmm. about that because we see it, but I want to I want to get there yet.
0: So you you discover, all right, and, and I think this is a, what a lot of business owners do. When you, when you get something that's successful and running, you want to do everything you want to do all of the things and then you realize whoa, we need to probably scale this back yes. and get good at one thing or two things. And this is the robotic mower yep. niche. So t- how long ago did you start really getting serious about that and moving to what you do now?
1: So it's 2018 that we got real serious about robotic lawnmowers 2017 was when we first opened the company within a year I knew that smart home was going to struggle and that First, we were going to do smart home, smart yard. We're going to heavily push the robotic mowers during summer, start pushing smart home during winter, and run a year-round sales program. Mm -hmm. What ended up happening, though, was in the first several months, robotic lawnmowers were selling. They were making money. They were staying sold. There wasn't really any issues. And if there was an issue, we had a warranty. We could take care of it. It was no big deal. We just replaced the part and keep it moving.
0: So the manufacturers were willing to work with you, and when you called, they weren't? So a lot of times you as you know, when you're a new player and you call these men, they're like, whatever, we have distributors, call one of them and you're lucky to get a call back. Oh yeah, you can buy a train car load, then otherwise we won't talk to you.
1: Do you have any of that issue or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even with the smart home automation. So like when I first talked to Ring about like scaling up, mm-hmm. it was five million dollars. Right. Um, you need to make a five million dollar purchase to even begin to get a discount. And I would look up and they'd be selling it cheaper on Amazon than yeah. I could buy it as a dealer. Cause they don't want you as a dealer. Yeah, yeah, basically they truly don't that. want you as right. a dealer. Mm. And so when it came down to robotic lawnmowers, I did get some pushback. I remember, I remember being at GIE and me literally just laughing at in like some of the executives faces of some big manufacturers because they wouldn't change little things in the contract to work in today's age. Mm. You know, I, the reality is we're right in between two generations, baby boomers and millennials. And the truth is, is the statistics on the millennials for how much work they're able to accomplish is impressive, but it's only because of the technology and the different way that they do business. So like, as we hit COVID, I watched dealers got a business left and right because they couldn't afford it. I laughed though, because my mentor had taught me that you do not waste your money. So my overhead was pretty much zero and I was running my company like any millennial on a shoestring budget, even though I had money in the bank. I knew better than than to waste it on a direct TV service. (laughs) You know what I mean? Something, something silly in my office that is not going to make me money. And so we just stripped down the business completely and it just runs forward on what we need and not what we want in the business. So let's talk about your
0: business. Then, if I'm a customer, I order from you, take me through the process. So you sell me, um, what's the brand you have? I've got Husk a
2: Huskvarna. Husk
0: All right, so you sell Huskvarna? Mm-hmm. Okay. And cuz I don't I'm brand agnostic too. So we'll just say that cuz they've been good to us. So I'm I'm going to order a Huskvarna. Or that's my idea. I've researched it. I call you yep. and I say I think I want one of these Huskvarnas for my yard. Yep. What do you do? Well, how does that, how do you trigger a process and take me through the whole thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can actually just schedule yourself right on our website. Okay. Um, And most of the time, if you call me, text me, because a lot of customers actually have my number because my, my personal cell phone number is literally plastered everywhere. You're going to get tired of that soon.
0: Probably right after this podcast.
1: my, (laughs) My favorite thing though, is the little, the little kids that call randomly and they're just excited to talk to Matt, the mower guy. Like legitimately, cool. they are just working. excited to talk to Matt, the mower guy that's, for 10 that's seconds. That's TikTok,
2: man.
0: That's is, TikTok making is. you
2: Matt, the mower guy.
0: It is. And I want to get into that too, but I w- make sure I want people to know your business model. So I order, I you, I order online, I order an estimate online. I can do this anywhere in the country. Yeah, you can do it anywhere so in I'm the I'm here country. in Florida. I order it. Um, I've got,
1: I don't, you just, then what happens after I order the, inter, after I order the estimate? So you have a couple different options. The way I like to do it is with a free on site walkthrough. So we can walk the yard together and talk about Who's details. We? You? me and the customer or one so you of my fly representatives. all over the country and you'll come to the house don't, but somebody will so one of your employees or one yeah. of your okay right now if you were to call us i want to say i have a representative in probably one two three four five right now we cover seven different states and what we're doing is we're scaling up um you've probably if you've been to my website seen a couple little hints
0: so these are regional dealers, you call them, or are they employees of yours, or are they make so they, commission? How they work? No,
1: they're not employees of mine. Um, basically, we contract. We help other people get into the industry. Okay. Um, I've been doing it so long, and I have a, a good enough contract to where we can license out, and we allow other people to get into the industry. Good for you. And the way my mentor taught me to do this was, he said, "You, you don't charge people for a license, but you make them earn it." Um, and if they're not qualified, you never give them a license. It's just the truth. It's just going to harm them and it's going to harm the customer. Makes sense. And so what we do is it actually starts off. We just set up the funnel on the website and it'll start off by them submitting their information. Um, then we contact them and we're just going to talk. I want to get to know them. I want to get comfortable with them and I want them to get comfortable with me. If they don't feel comfortable talking to me, the relationship will never work out long-term. Honesty is the foundation of a good business. And that's what I'm looking for. Two things. I want a foundation of honesty and I want somebody who wants to do it anyway. And that way I just get out of their way and pretty much they'll just call me for advice. Mm-hmm. You're in the early adopter phase mm-hmm. pretty much.
0: Okay. So you're talking to the customer on the phone, you're sizing up to make sure how big is the lawn, you know, make sure they're the right person for this, mm-hmm. right? You determine that, yeah, I'm a good candidate
1: for one of your mowers. You decide what's next. So what we do at the end of a, of of a complimentary walkthrough is we just tell you which mowers are right for your yard, and that might be several different models for you to choose from. And it's just really an opinion thing. Some so you're it,
0: so you're doing like a good, better, best kind pretty of pretty much. Like this pay. is literally like buying a cell phone in like when did cell phones start? I don't remember. Late nineties, like early
2: two thousands. Yeah. Like how old
0: are you by the way, Matt? Uh, Thirty three. Oh yeah, you're a, definitely a young man. Good for you. You're a millennial go getter. I love it. All right, so good. That's why you mentioned that. I wanted to go back to that. All right, so. Uh, you do the walkthrough, you're going to present it to me like cell phones, right? Here's this one has this, it says voicemail, this yep. one has that. You're going to
1: tell me all the options. Yep. And at then- the end of it, this is what I always do. We just shoot you a text message with all the information that we went over. That way you have it in writing and you can review it later on with yourself or your spouse or your friends or whoever you want to compare something onto the internet. Mm-hmm. And then we tell you just call us, text us, email us with questions. And whenever you're ready, just let us know. What we do from there is we take payment, we accept cash, check, I do accept, we do financing at 0% interest for four years, and we also accept debit and credit cards with an additional fee, uh, depending on which state it's in. Uh, From there, we'll go ahead and get your equipment in, schedule your installation, Uh, depending on where you're at. Most of the time, we're going to call 811, send out a crew just to check the ground. In general, we're not going deep enough. Most of our serious utilities are going to be three feet down. Most communication is going to be 18 inches. If we're bearing a wire, we're shooting for three inches, right? So, but we like to have 811 come out, check the yard. When we do installation, we do like customers to be on site for installation. We do a final walkthrough before we begin. And then our guys go ahead and do the installation. We book the entire day for the customer. That way they don't feel rushed and my guys don't feel rushed. Whenever we get done with it, we go ahead and connect it over to the customer's phone. And then we sit down and just let them check things out. And whenever they're ready to ask questions, they ask questions. Whenever they're ready for us to get out of their hair, they just say, all right, I'll call you later with questions. And that's what they do is, it's so new to them it's going to be a learning curve that's what yeah yeah it's
2: it's absolutely a learning curve but it is cool because like when i put pictures look at what it did here like within an hour two hours uh, yeah. yeah when i put in mine i remember like literally i'm like following it around yeah like i'm so excited that i'm walking behind this mower just like hey oh Look, why is it doing this? Why is it doing that? That's so cool. Like, why did it do a spiral cut? Yeah, now it's doing this. <laughs> like, it, it's People are excited. And so that's cool. That's cool that you give customers the access to you because you know why it's doing this. Yeah. And you can explain, hey, this seems weird. Why is it doing that? And you can explain to them. I That's cool, man. It,
1: to me, it's huge. I, I didn't realize how huge it was going to be to have like... Open communication with all of our existing customers, but the reality is, is like we have hundreds of messages and text messages every single day, and it's simple questions to us, but it saves them the headache. Um, I've watched customers not call, not text, not email us, and then they finally do after three weeks, and I just have to laugh at them because the truth was, is nothing was broken, and they were right. Hunting well, for so a problem I can tell you, exist. we
2: see we see similar things from the lawn care side where people are freaked out about something, but because we as a company are fairly accessible, mm-hmm. they, they can shoot an email or a text or a, a message on Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, to us, again, we know, hey, well, that's not a big deal. Yep. But it's a big deal to them because they're new in it and mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to figure it out. So communication is so huge. It really is. The customer, do they own or lease the
1: unit from you? So we have both different options available, but this is my short answer on that. They're always going to buy it. I have no lease customers right now. Um, okay. I always offer it because it gets asked so much. But when I present it to them and I present it the way the industry is, it's a no-brainer. How long will it last? Typically, I know they're all different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so I'll tell you the answer of the the best guy in the entire United States that I would trust to answer that. He says there is no life expectancy. If you ask me, I would tell you that my entire goal is to get it 10 to 15 years. Um, The reality is, is there's no oil, no gas, no emissions. Right. It's just boards. Yeah. Yeah. If something goes bad, you replace that one part and you just keep it moving.
2: I mean, so I I can tell you from, from experience and talking to people, I know that is a big concern of people. Well, are these, are these like cell phones where it's planned obsolescence? Where in two years, my mower is not going to work. And you're saying that's not the case.
1: No, in fact, actually, so recently I got concerned about that. Um, I don't know what they figured out about batteries, but Husqvarna's batteries were incredible to me. Because when I think about my cell phone battery, I think, I'm going to get two years. I might luck out and get three or four years out of it. Husqvarna was getting six to eight years. They were shooting for 6,000 to 8,000 charge cycles on a battery. More recently, we've seen a couple that of the smaller units that aren't quite lasting as long. But after a conversation in the last two weeks, not only are they drastically changing, but they're increasing the capacity. So, like if I'm, and I really could be wrong about these numbers because um, I'm going loosely off the top of my head. But I want to say the battery in the all-wheel drive is like a 2.1, and they're going to replace it with a 4.5. Um, so that's huge. Yeah, huge yeah, yeah, ma- difference. Anybody who knows anything about
2: amp hours going from a two amp hour to doubling that to four yep. and a half like that's a that's a huge increase in yep. battery life yeah, yeah that's
0: the big thing against battery now i hear i'm a i'm all battery but it's uh, for hand equipment but it's the charging cycles so you get 200 recharges and the battery's no good anymore essentially in some cases um but again it's just a part of your place so you would do that for the customer too right i mean because there's going to be a time when a battery's going to go bad just from end of life so as part of your service, they can call you. You come out for a service call, replace the battery, and they keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. Or you can upsell them a new unit. Because to me, it's almost this is going to – I don't like the word about the the planned obsolescence or whatever that word is. Obsolescence? Yeah, that one. But I more like it like the iPhone where, well, I want the new iPhone because that has a better camera or it has this or that. So I want the new Husqvarna because now I don't need the buried wire anymore, so I'll oh. buy the new one. Or So it's more like that to me. It's I just want the newest,
1: greatest thing rather than something that broke. And that comes down to recognizing which customer you're dealing with. And I believe, I believe that doesn't really hurt or bother my my company or its profitability if I offer different options. So when it comes down to the battery, like going dead completely, typically you're outside of warranty at that point, which means you could replace it yourself. Um, But the truth is, is they've never opened up a robotic lawnmower. They don't know what all they need to do. So we offer them options, either a option one, we come out, we replace it. Option B, you bring it to us, we replace it. Option C, we're happy to mail you one, and we'll talk you through how to do it yourself.
0: Yeah, see, I like that because now I I would be not wanting to call the large company Husqvarna, but I'll call you because I know you. And that's where you went back to the customer service and starting out the relationship the right way and that type of stuff.
2: Yep. Well, because so. if you call, if you're calling Husqvarna or not not to call out Husqvarna, yeah, but just... if you're calling a big major company, for example, yeah. there's so many layers that you have to go through a lot of times before you can even talk to a human being. And so I would much rather call you directly and you just say, Hey, Brett, uh, yeah, it sounds like your battery's gone bad. You got a, B and C. I can do one of the three and just be done instead of being like, well, sir, actually, uh, you know, (laughs) let's check your warranty status and let's do X, Y, and Z before we even talk about the problem. Where you're offering the, the, the whole thing to a customer right there and just saying, hey, here's your issue, here's the fixes, choose one.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but like every company is a little bit different. Some of them do have big setup customer services. So like my background, I work with a bunch of telecom companies, and so they handle their own customer service, even though they might outsource it to a you know call center. Mm-hmm. They handle their own customer service. Husqvarna does have a customer service center, But the truth is, is your average customer should not call them. Um, I don't think Husqvarna would even be upset with me saying that. No, because you speak the right language. You get right to it at the bottom. They should call the local dealer um, because many times, especially when dealing with robotics, the experts at Husqvarna, they're there to answer the phone call for me. Um, They're not necessarily the customer service representative and they don't really have everything set up. Can they take a couple phone calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they can. But they're not really set up and 99% of the time, if you really have a problem, you're going to need a dealer because yeah. either you're under warranty and I have to crack the mower open and start playing with chips or you need my dealer software to go as I was ahead and say,
2: you've got to have the diagnostic yep, yeah, equipment to anything. plug in to even see what's going on a yep. lot of times
0: so you have so as i want to go back to some of this business stuff because it's cool to me yeah yeah, yeah. so I with the business. with the uh <laughs> with these companies then how many are you considered a dealer with them all or are you a reseller or do they all classify you a little bit differently
1: oh, are you talking about the manufacturers like has, yeah I don't, so, 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 so and I, who else? I, don't I think know who before else. Yeah,
2: yeah. i think before you even go there am i going too far too fast are you said you work with multiple different companies. What different companies do yeah, you how many work are there? with?
1: Oh, I'm gonna keep it a little quiet on that one. I'll tell you that- uh, Or you could
2: just say, hey, I work with 10 different companies or whatever. I don't I'll, even know how many players there are. Yeah, that,
1: that's what I was about right, to answer. Cause, cause, is,
2: so I can tell you that from my from my side, I am seeing new players enter the yeah, game- there's over every 50 manufacturers when it comes day, down to robotic
1: lawnmowers. Like. So we have over 50 manufacturers and every major player in the world has a robotic lawnmower. John Deere has a robotic lawnmower. Honda has one. Steel has one. In general, they're playing catch-up to Husqvarna. Why? Husqvarna came out with one in 1995. And so they,
0: they've been Europe, talking right? about this stuff well, like we heard Europe is where it's 25 Europe is the years. the proving ground
1: of all robotic lawnmowers. So yeah. John Deere's uh, mower is called Tango. It's in a test phase over in Europe. Because over in Europe, they're not buying it for the first time. They're typically replacing their old mower that they bought 15, 20 years ago. So to them, they're
2: comfortable with it. They're used to so, it. So... Why is that? Why, why are we in the U S like so far behind when oh. I, when I think of technology, typically the U S is like, no, you know, we're, I think of like the U S being Advanced. at the we're forefront. Not. We're not though. Um, huh.
1: This is why is because we're the number one market in the world. Nobody wants to bring a product to the number one market without it being ready. So an example of that was Husqvarna. It's a fortune 500 company. They had automower in 1995, but it didn't hit the United States really until 2018 the reason being is they wanted to make sure it was ready and by the time the first fleet hit the united states shoreline yeah we had a couple of the older simpler units but the mass majority of them were the x series they had every bell and whistle you wanted gps tracking built-in alarm app control voice control with alexa you know they could park when it rained they could you know all the little tiny features they had already figured out by the time they said yeah we're ready manufacturing's in place shipping's in place let's go ahead and drop some units in start building some experts and then start pushing it forward Take um, some patience
0: to do that but
1: yeah yeah and if you're a no-name company like remember Roomba yep yeah. Roomba was working on a similar technology I day. remember
2: hearing that they were working on a robot motor at one yep. point.
1: Um, but they were originally just a vacuum company and they launched about 2000-2002 they were willing to throw it into the U.S. market because they were a no-name company. What did they have to lose? They mm. didn't have a giant name or a brand that was going to risk something See, flopping. See, but
2: the, the thing is, though, Roomba has become synonymous with the robot vacuum. Yes, it say In the same way, when, when people talk about tissues, mm-hmm. they say Kleenex, Kleenex right? That's Roomba. And Roomba has become the Kleenex of robotic vacuum cleaners even if i've got a eufy there's all kinds of there's a million different kinds now right mm-hmm. but they're synonymous and it's funny because even even with the robot yep. mowers yep. everybody in my neighborhood is like oh the you're the guy with the the room the roomba lawn mower <laughs> over there Yep. so it's it is interesting how they took over like ask the name for yes. that
1: yeah, it, it really. I'm is. sure
2: people, I'm sure customers like or uh, companies like Husqvarna hate that.
1: No, I don't think they hate it at all. Um, I think that when it comes down to Husqvarna and they're looking at the industry of things that they wouldn't like would be things, same things I don't like, which were, are misleading things. So, like in the last year, everyone's been wanting a wireless unit to go around their house. Sure. And several of those fifty manufacturers actually advertise a wireless unit, and all their advertisements have photos of houses. The truth is, is I know their products inside and out. They will not work around a house. They will not work under tree cover. Not the wireless Right? Stuff. There's this right. waypoint so, thing, right? So yeah, so
2: that's that's something I want to talk about. But let's. I want to finish the point you were talking about, um, about the different manufacturers. Yeah. So you will not tell us how many. I, I get it. I totally do. But uh, are you? Is that what
0: you are? are you a, You have to be licensed. Like not just any Joe Schmo can call up and go, "I want to resell your stuff."
1: No, no. In general, okay. there's going to be a process to, even even with me, like I said, I'll, I'll give somebody a license, but they kind of have to go through my process and earn it. But that's what I mean. You've gone to these
0: manufacturers and you've been able to negotiate a deal where not only are you the dealer, reseller, whatever term you're using, but you're also able to grant others to be able to do that. Like, you can't do that with Toro. You no. can't just go and, and let anybody sell Toro's grandstands. It's not going to happen. No, you're, you're absolutely right. right. So you've, to your credit, you've worked through that right? Because I get it. If you control distribution, that's great. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. So how many customers do you have now? <sighs> I have no idea. I don't look at the numbers like that. So I used to I came from sales more than 10. Oh, yeah, way more than 10. More than 1000. Um, probably right around. Okay. Right. Around so that's good. This point. With and how many employees do stuff. you have still just you? So we have 44 different people that are under contract right now. But that includes everything from accounting to HR, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Online, Um, right now when it comes down to actual labors and field, I keep it short and simple. Um, So we have four different guys that we use regularly for labor that are in the five cities that I'm running directly. Okay. So
0: somebody else that you
1: license out, that's their
0: job is to build their territory, find their contractors. That's their deal, right? They get a, is that how that works? Like if I wanted to start this business with you, if you liked me and I wanted a license for Florida, for example, how does that work?
1: Basically, it starts off by filling out the information on our website. From there, we just sit down, we talk, we get to know each other. Um, you're going to have to have a separate LLC, um, so most likely it'll be setting up another LLC, getting your insurance, bank accounts, EIN. From there, it's a discussion of what brand you want to run under. Do you want to run under? Because I right now I do not want anybody running under my current brand. We actually have a new trademark. A national yes. So now trademark. you're getting
0: like into franchises. And, well, there's <laughs> yeah. that's a whole other business model that yep. I've looked at
1: and. It's not for me, but I mean, it could be for a lot of people. So yeah, exactly. And yeah. and so my honest opinion, though, is everyone should just create their own brand. Um, because I am not in the business. When you're
2: talking about brand, you're talking about Matt the Mower Guy is your brand. Yeah, like I would be F-
0: Florida Robot Mowers. That would be a, I, By yeah, the way, yeah. guys, I'm not buying a <laughs> this franchise. Right. I'm just, but so would <laughs> so be like yeah, yeah, so, so if we
2: wanted to start yeah doing it here, we'd be Florida Robot Mowers, and you're right. just
0: our source for everything we need technical. Like right. you're our guy. Everything that I have right now, you guys get. Knowledge.
1: Right. So, you I would be too. you. I mean, you guys get all the contracts. You guys get access to the top tech support people. Um, you get my pre-negotiated prices for warranty, which I'll tell you openly. I was the lowest-paid person in the entire United States when I started, just because I didn't know how to how to price it. They were literally like, "How much do you want paid?" And I was like, "I don't. I have no idea." And I threw out a number. Yeah, you're breaking new ground. Yeah, yeah. And turned out I was the lowest paid person in the entire United States for <laughs> like two years.
2: Well, you're setting the market. Right? Yeah, yeah, You're setting you the value. Yeah, yeah. So, would...
0: so if I'm Florida robot mowers and you're my
1: guy and I have a license through you, how do you make money from me? Oh, above and beyond. Um, so what I do is my warranty pay is above and beyond what anything else in the national average is. And okay, so, so I'm selling your warranties, your other stuff? It, it actually would be with your company. Um, so you would become an entire licensed dealer for any one of these manufacturers that I already hold a contract on. Mm -hmm. And then from there, typically I'm going to tell you like things really just straightforward. I'm going to be like, Hey, don't mess with these brands. We have a contract on them, but it's just not worth it. Right. We hold that contract because there's a future with them that we need to maintain the relationship in case it does take off. Get better. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So, (laughs) so then my,
2: (laughs) my question, my, my thought process goes to, well, if you get me set up as a dealer mm-hmm. and I get access to that kind of stuff, what's to keep me from just being like, Hey, thanks for the help, bro. Like I'm out. Yeah. A contract. Okay. Yeah. Cause that's okay. what he has the distribution. All in, right. So they're yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. And companies. not only that, but even you're like- not giving me the keys to the kingdom.
1: You're I'm still holding the Exclusivity game. would be
2: a term I would use. So, okay. Yeah,
1: that's what it comes down to is basically I control my licenses. So if we decide that somebody doesn't have the moral compass. To, so you can to pull my that, license
2: at any time. Yeah, yeah, we okay. can. We, right.
1: we don't want to, obviously. We well, have a non-compete have to agreement too and everything? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, we're able to actually offer more than what somebody, if they were to open up a dealership, we can actually offer them more. Um, the reason being is because I've been around for so long and because we've negotiated our contracts past what a dealer could get. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I mean by above and beyond. So you guys or whoever it w- would be would actually make the same or better than any other dealer in the country. Makes and sense. then what I get is above and beyond. It's right. basically a pre-negotiated terms with corporate on the idea that we've been doing this for so long. We're so good at it. that We have the opportunity to go ahead and grow other people.
2: So the extra value that you provide is worth more than me going out on my own and doing it. Well, it's the knowledge. You've already made all the mistakes that I'm going to make. Yeah, yeah, and
1: that's (laughs) that's the bigger thing is like I was saying a minute ago, I'm kind of just a straightforward person. I'm going to tell you really blunt things like, hey, don't dive in with all your money Um, because I, I get people all the time that were approaching me a year ago, two years ago, and they were ready to dive into the business. I'm just sitting here looking them up and down, and I can see that they're a landscaper. They have a truck, a trailer, they have a house, a little bit of money. But when they're sitting here talking to me, some of these mowers are not cheap. You know, these residential mowers, okay, five grand for mower, six grand. Now let's jump into the commercial world. How about 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000? Are you ready for when a customer does a return? Ooh, do you have deep enough pockets to have inventory? That's another one. Makes sense. Do you have a line of credit for a half a million dollars? To even sign the first manufacturer's contract yeah yeah all of a sudden it goes oh and I'll tell you the truth is like we started the company in a tiny office smaller than this room um that's just the truth Mm -hmm. is when I opened the company I threw three metal shelves in that room on a desk and I said office supplies new parts used parts my desk done let's go to work and we started just hammering the pavement for sales
2: yeah that's awesome
0: all right, I got one more question yeah, that's yeah, along yeah. this, and then we can get I want to <laughs> get into
1: some of the other, like the, the actual rope. What you think about the? Yeah, more, yeah, right? I, I. But you've get mentioned to
0: that. a couple times you have a mentor. Who is that? Me.
1: Yeah, I have several mentors.
0: Well, you may, I'm just yeah. wondering if it's any of the same ones I do. I promise it's not. Okay, so you have a personal mentor. Nobody, no guru, no Gary Vaynerchuk guru on internet or anything.
1: No, like that. no, I've met a couple of those bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was in sales before, and so they'd get invited to like our sales conferences, right. and I'm lucky enough that I've met some of those big, huge speakers that draw massive crowds. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, none of them are my mentor though. Okay. Um, right now, I have. I always was told keep a circle of five. Um, and so that's what I do is I keep three that are personal and then two that are business. And anytime I'm stuck on a decision, I go to all five people and ask the exact same question to all five people, majority rules. If I ever hear something that is um, askew, like I can hear they're emotionally involved in that what they're telling me, I'll get rid of that decision. I'll go with the others. And typically by then, majority is ruling, and they were the standalone odd one just hmm. because they had something they wanted to influence in on it. So when it comes down to mentors in this world, I have one that's a business mentor. He's a self-made billionaire, and he is all about sales. That is his entire background is he just does sales. The other one, he is in the green industry, and I don't even know if he knows he's my mentor yet. But, um, (laughs) you know, I call him enough. I bother him enough, hit him up with enough questions, and I I feel like I'm getting to the point that I might as well just say that he's a mentor. Um, He's definitely... I've def- you can hear it in a mentor's voice when they, when they give you advice. They're not in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. They genuinely are just giving you their honest opinion about something. Um, and from my experience, there's two types of mentors. One is either like a daily direct leader or a coach, and he kind of is uh, riding me a little bit, pushing me to, to achieve more and bring home more for the team. Um, the other one's a little bit softer. Um, they have a tendency to look at bigger picture. And to avoid the dramas and the pitfalls in this world and to just slowly and steadily move forward doing good in the world and doing good to everyone around you.
0: Hmm. Boy, I like that. I'm glad I asked that question. That was
1: was deep. (laughs) Yeah,
0: man. No, well, that's I love getting into that stuff because, again, you have to be a little bit of a masochist to start a business, man. (laughs) Being a salesman, I love sales, too. And it's you have to be a certain kind of individual to be hardcore into sales. And I respect that. So that's why I like getting behind you. What ticks a little bit. Good. Well let's talk about the mowers, Brett. I know you want to get into some of that. Yeah, I love these so, mowers. And we love them too. Just so you know, Matt, we, we're <laughs> I don't have one of these mowers. So but Alan's I see, Alan's yeah, the right?
2: old school traditional yes. guy. But I well only because I
0: see the value a hundred percent. And I see the value for professionals. If if I was gonna start a professional lawn, service right now where I was taking care of residential or commercial lawns, I would offer a robot mower as a contract alternative. So I would tell people, look, I'll do regular mow and blow for you, but also have this. If you want the robot mower, this is what you pay for it. You can finance it through me and blah, blah, blah. I'll still do your weed whacking and your edging. I'll change your blades for you once a month or however often. And by the way, look at what we can do to your lawn. That looks really, really awesome. And we can, you know, so I would do that. I would totally put that in as a line of
1: service to my lawn business. That's how much I believe in it. A lot of landscapers are, and actually, in fact, uh, what is it? Is it Orlando uh, Green Industry or it Landscaper Association over in Orlando? That's coming up here in October, November, I think. Uh, they actually have five different landscapers that did that model, and they're going to—they're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Joe Joe's going to be the the main speaker, like whatever, the director of the
0: conversation. Now, yeah, I have a I'd friend. who has a company called Quiet Lawn out of South Carolina, and he offers that they do. They go out a Prius, and they do, uh, <laughs> and they do. They use ego tools, so they're all electric. But yep. then an option they offer is robotic because it goes right along with their business model. Hand in hand,
2: he puts it all on YouTube and everything. So really cool. His it's, Mike. it's cool. Yep. So, so as far as robot mowers go, things have changed a lot in yes. the last couple of years, right? Yes. So, where do you see things? Yo a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, being someone that is like a hundred percent all in on it, where do you see this going? Because I have my own thoughts. I know Alan has his thoughts as well, but I, you know, I'm just an outsider really. I'm just somebody looking on the outside. I've got two units got two Husqvarna units. I love them. Um, but there are, from my opinion, there are some things that I would change if I was in charge of that. Where do you think, where do you think things are going? Uh, Up.
1: Uh, Without a doubt, sales are going to increase in the next couple of years. I'd say within five years, we will be heavily into the major majority of the United States market. Uh, Within 10 years, it will be a complete norm. Um, As in, nobody really will be looking at a traditional lawnmower unless it's something specialty like a real mower that they wanted or one of those whatever what's the floating mower flymo, the, fly-mo. Yeah, yeah flymo like mower, a fly-mo. The hover mower yeah so the, unless it's
2: one of those like eventually it's all going to become robotics so i don't know i so i i think i may disagree with you so our our target customer mm-hmm. a lot of our guys that we deal with on the day-to-day basis guys and gals um, they're weird and they like mowing the lawn. So yep. we don't no. have the everyman. So we don't.
0: We have... if you ever read Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point? Mm-hmm. So that we're still early adopters, maybe moving over into first majority. So we're not... That's our audience. They're not... The, our they're audience... They're not the normal guy that just... Oh, no. Did you keep... No, no. I'm something? fine. I just <laughs> got leg cramp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I was like, oh, man. Did my setup shock He's falling me? out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think that our audience... A lot of them, they really enjoy mowing. Mowing but I'm is their the therapy. The guy that's going
0: over to Home Depot right now has no idea what he's doing. He's gonna, he's looking at price. He's gonna buy a Murray mower if those even exist anymore for two hundred dollars and walk away. That's your target. That's ninety nine percent
2: of the market. Right, and that's what's funny is I get a lot of people, a lot of my audience that watches my channel, watches my Instagram mm-hmm. and TikTok and all that stuff. A lot of those guys are like, I would never use a robot mower. But those guys are the guys that are out there mowing their lawn three times a week. That's me. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I won't. Yeah, like you know. And to those guys, I say, you're probably right, but you are not the norm. Like, we are not the norm. The guys that mows their, mows their lawn three times a week, that is not normal. Most people in your neighborhood, if you walk down the street in your neighborhood, most people mow Saturday morning yep. because they have to. But I yep. think
0: most people have a service. See, that's, right. I don't want to forget that. We're DIYers. 40, 44% have a service. So you know your numbers. Okay, yeah. so is are you going to chip away at the residential market? through landscapers or through one to one talk with individual
1: homeowners?
2: Or is it split? So I'm sure it's
0: split, but what's the biggest?
2: That's actually a
1: really good question because right now it's it's a lot of one to one to customers, right? But in my eyes, I'm not a landscaper. I'm a businessman,
2: right? Right. And and so so from experience having owned a couple of these mowers now almost a year, um the the robot mower doesn't do everything nope it, do, it does it is not a one-for-one one swap why you have to have the landscaper because uh, he landscaper. is the key
1: and that's why we're gonna do a bunch of licenses with landscapers mm-hmm. is because not only can they sell a unit and service that customer but they could also discount and then sell to their landscaping company and lease units out and if you become the local robotic mower expert right? now you're touching more yards than you've ever touched and as I told you, I'm not a landscaper. All my customers know this. I'm a robotic mower expert. And when it comes down to it, I get offers to do landscaping work literally every day of the week. Yeah, it's because people people ask us,
0: <laughs> oh, yard mastery. Oh, can we get an estimate? I'm like, we don't yep. do that. You yep. know, that's all just, the time. Yeah.
2: Can you remove when can these you, bushes? When, when can you come
0: to my house? Do you do well, mulch? So yeah. that's why. Yeah, I agree. So that's what I'm saying. When you're working with an individual homeowner, that's your early adopter, your person that really wants it. But when you're working with a landscaper, I would assume you have to sell them on the opportunity.
1: I don't believe in doing that. Um, the reason why is it goes back to, like I said, um, I said it really early on, is the idea that I look for people that want to do it. So they're coming to you then? Yeah, in general. Like I, you're I, at GIE. What, did you get leads from that? No, we don't do a setup at GIE. But okay. GIE, I, we, I talked to GIE probably like a month and a half ago, and they asked me to send them an email and do some kind of setup next year they want to do a, a weird trade where they give me a booth to do like a social media setup and something else well, if that's I was willing to yeah do we'll get some tiktok else. so that's
0: the thing you have your own you're cool because you're doing your own uh you're doing the whole package for yourself so then are landscapers calling you like how are you
1: finding leads Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you doing paid search or just all through TikTok, social media? Is that that the only place you get leads? So originally, like I said, every time that we paid for marketing, I'd get $20 an hour or $20 a yard. Guys is hating me. Right. (laughs) That's a hard one. Yeah. How do you dial in a niche for pay-per-click? I get it. Yeah. And so what we did is we abandoned all that and we just started pushing those videos, the TikTok videos, Facebook videos. And as simple as it is, the audience gotten big enough. And this is what I realized was... At first when you first like grow an audience like that, you're like, What is my audience? Like my first right. viral video added ten thousand followers and who are those people really? But flash forward a year later and then I cross referenced little things like mower or landscaper or mowing. And I realize that I have thousands of landscapers following us on social media. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Where are most of them at? TikTok, Instagram? Uh, right now my biggest following is TikTok. We're at thirty two thousand on, on that one. Um, on LinkedIn we have a few thousand.
2: I would on think that'd Facebook. be really good for you,
1: LinkedIn. Yeah, funny enough, it's just a completely different audience. And so yeah. what is viral on TikTok will not all, be viral. All on-
2: social media is that way, though. Yeah. I,
0: I have had not videos. up
1: for video on LinkedIn. And so but you're getting videos. calls.
0: Are you getting calls every day then from people that that's how – because obviously you're not doing any other advertising except that, but you're getting calls. Your yeah. phone's ringing. Yeah. I mean –
1: It's awesome. Power of social media, man. This is what I I always tell everybody is if you want something bad enough, you, you will literally just go for it 110%. And I think people think it's a joke when I say I grab my phone and I start replying to messages before my feet hit the ground in the morning. And I typically don't stop working until midnight every day of the week, except for like when I just m- mentally, I have to tap out and take a, a day to relax and
2: focus on paying. <laughs> so you're bills grinding. And- Let's hope your mentors oh, yeah. tell you to do that. Cause oh, yeah. man,
1: <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, literally a guy just told me the other day, he's yeah. like, no offense, man. He's like, I have a meeting on this every Monday and you need to kind of take a break and decompress and pay attention to that in your own life. And he's absolutely right. Taking care of yourself is huge. It's uh, it actually makes me like think of my priorities is I have five life priorities and I literally developed them because when I was younger and chasing businesses, I'd burn myself out Hmm. and I had to create five priorities in order and it keeps me going. Love that.
0: Well, let's talk more about the mowers themselves then.
2: So, so I'll keep going on business all day. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's talk about (laughs) more. So, so going back to mower technology, yes. Uh, the thing that I think is one of the biggest barriers to entry is the ground wire. Yeah. is that going away, or is that? Why don't that, you tell them
0: why it still exists?
2: Yeah, or is that a most people in the audience don't know why? Yeah, so so so, talk me through. So first off, the ground wire is there for what? So the ground wire is, I always say it's a lot like an invisible dog fence.
1: It keeps our puppy in the yard, out of the garden, and out of the swimming pool. And the truth is, is that wire on a robotic lawnmower is a very old school system. 1962, the first robotic lawnmower came out, and it was a wired system. Had a wire above ground all the way around the yard. Obviously, nobody wants a wire above ground around their yard. Somebody's going to trip over it. And for the most part, it was a flop. And so any residential unit nowadays, though, it does still have an underground wire. And then with Husqvarna, not only do you have a perimeter wire, but you also have guide wires. Mm-hmm. And those guide wires are huge. You are not gonna get a, a robotic lawnmower to circle your house and go right through the gate of your backyard to the front yard. Without a guide wire. Yeah, we showed we saw their technology at GIE. They even have the gate that opens up now and everything. And yeah, it was cool. it, yeah, that's not out yet. Yeah, I but it's was just was. cool to see that they're moving yeah. that
0: way because they're they're solving problems. We met the engineer that designed it. Some kid he's like twenty three years old. Kevin. Is it Kevin? I, I I he's very I, young. Sounds, I was like, sounds right. I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I made that. I'm like, what, you did? He goes, yeah. It's I, awesome. I made yeah. That. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was Kevin. He's yeah. a great guy. I got was, long hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Kevin. Cool, he's dude. a great so, guy. So, all right, so <laughs> I, I, get, out, the, <laughs> I
2: yeah. get the need for the ground wire, and I get the idea behind the ground wire, but the ground wire, asks me, for me, an end user is incredibly annoying. But not for the landscaper, it shouldn't be. It's annoying, but it's- but, but the ground he's wire is, stuff but, it's, but it's, but it's prone to issue. It, no, and the issue is my next door neighbor had some trees removed last so, week and their guys cut my ground wire.
1: So this is so, <laughs> the look on well your this face. Is, wait, 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 And I is, have cut the ground offended.
2: wire hundreds of times, probably, you, not, not hundreds of times, but I've I'm about dozens. to take this full circle. You Do were talking
1: it. about the idea of re- uh, residential customers needing an expert and how they really shouldn't be doing their own installs. The truth is, I get phone calls from customers all the time. Are, are you telling me Our that I shouldn't? Was, I was I, there. Our install was janky, bro. We oh, used, it was br- it was bad. Used his, uh, what did we use? It's edger. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen I've seen chainsaws used. Edgers <laughs> we thought, used. We're like, this works great. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it all. Um, I saw, in fact, in the last two weeks, I was on an install that literally was the size of this room, but it had six different types of wire. All right. So we used one kind of wire, but. So wires, I get it. For the DIYer, that is the big barrier to entry. So when are they going to get away from that? So to get away from the wire, there's. There's companies out there doing it. Yeah, but none of them are on residential. And that's what I meant earlier by misleading advertising is they advertise it like it will work on residential and none of them do. Mm. Um, there's three different systems I'm aware of that have a wireless opportunity around residential but none of them are functional or available on the market at all
0: right now. Well, I didn't know that. So that's okay. So you, so we can bottom line it and say, if you want a robot mower right now at your house, it's going to have to have a, uh, a guide wire to actually
1: work. To actually, if work. it's
2: if it's a you residential a line, unit, but I yeah. mean to but actually there, cause, work because because Husqvarna has the EPOS units, yeah. right. Yep. And those aren't; those are wireless. 100% wireless. Those are, but those are running off of. RTK technology right Correct. that's the waypoint thing yeah right? so you basically have to have a like a, a beacon local reference somewhere it looks
1: like a dome security camera
2: and if it can't and if it the if the mower can't cannot see, it, see that that's why well, that we can't, can't happen surf. you
1: can't mow close to the house that's then. why we can't circle a house right? Right. and you also need clear line of sight with the satellites which typically are going to be on the equator so you need a line of sight south and if the trees I like I'll give you an example yeah. I can get away with doing an install in winter when there's no leaves on the trees up all north. right but as soon as those leaves fill in, leaves hold water and are going to block that signal anywhere that it goes behind that tree or behind a building or something like that or gets too close to the building, it's going to lose line of sight with either the satellites or the reference station. Yes, there is a multi-reference station unit mm-hmm. that is coming out. I wouldn't hold my breath for it next year, though. Yeah, Maybe two years down the so, road.
2: So what about the what about the companies that are saying that they're going to use a combination yeah 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 so you've got companies <clears throat> that are claiming they're going to use a combination of rtk satellite yep. technology and camera technology i love it and a built-in
1: memory where it you can map everything out and it gets more accurate and better over I mean, time you I mean, can, can do it see
2: everything right because there's there i mean you know as well as anybody there are literally dozens of these companies yep. that are in kickstarter right yep. now mm-hmm. or yep. are are you know, in well, beta like, testing or like things look, like that. It's like a look at Gray's though. Gray's
1: was a wireless unit. You know, everyone saw it up and coming. And what I had to keep telling them on Graze was it's not for sale. They're still raising money. Um, and repeatedly I get phone calls because they, yeah. they were doing great marketing on Facebook. There's,
2: there's a handful there's of companies that are doing the exact same thing right now.
1: And then when they don't reach their benchmark... For manufacturer, they lose investor money because it's got catch. Yeah, Yeah, the investments always have a catch. You know, if somebody gives you $20 million, it's one thing to do like a Kickstarter and raise 20 bucks from 100,000 people. And now you got like $2 million in the bank you can go play with. But when you're raising it from one, two, three individuals at 10 million, 20 million, 50 million at a time, they're going to have a contract in place that says, hey, if you don't have X number of units done, you don't get the payment. Period. We cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. Physical product development is
0: not. uh, That's a long road. So do you think that that
1: technology. Two years. Two Two years. Two years. But it'll be one of the leading players already there, already working on it. (sighs) This is what I'll tell you on that is every time I see the uh, competitor comes close to, say, Husqvarna. Husqvarna releases it. Okay, because they've so already they they've already had. It well, I mean, you got it. You got to think. Make it perfect. You gotta, I think that's cool, though. They're obviously the ones. to
2: I was going to say, then. from from my experience, uh, Husfarna is the industry leader, right yeah. now. Like you said, right like now. you said, they've been doing it twenty five plus years. Yep. So it is interesting to see other big players enter the game, though, and because some huge names. You, I mean, you, you, know, you know, like I said, probably better than us. But when we were at GIE last year. All of the big dogs had some sort of autonomous mower. I'm talking Toro. John Deere, <laughs> Echo, all of these. People. Or they had the
1: ones where you had to have a guy on site with them, like you said, the commercial. Yeah, bit, like Greensy. Yeah, they're. This is what I always yeah. say about anybody who wants Greensy's technology. If you look hard enough on YouTube, you can find all that technology. Buy it yourself, and you don't have to pay them forty something thousand dollars for the mower plus a monthly <laughs> fee. You can literally just take any zero turn and do that. But here's the downfall. <laughs> Matt of,
0: making friends. <laughs> he, well, the thing is, they
1: don't they don't take on dealers, and I've told that they don't want a dealer relationship with anybody and so it is what it is like Mm -hmm. if they don't want to deal a relationship like i'm i'm gonna highlight all your faults like the idea that when your system locks up for a safety and slams on the brakes it slides three feet forward so if that was a (laughs) child you just ran over that child with a regular fixed blade lawnmower by the way fixed blade lawnmowers which are traditional lawnmowers are all fixed blades it's the number one cause of childhood amputation and i was told that by my ex who was a trauma surgeon But I've said that enough times at events and had people raise their hand, missing the fingertip.
0: Yeah, I've had people reach out to me before, too, talking emergency room, doctors asking me to talk about it more. Yeah. Uh, And I agree with that. Just so you guys know, if you're listening, so the uh, robot mowers operate on what I call a sling blade, uh, where the blade actually falls back when it encounters something harder than grass. It's
2: similar to how the blade on, like, a bug... Bush hog yep. works, isn't that called so, a sling blade or no? Yeah, it's a sling blade. <laughs> Remember that French fried taters? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that way, and on a on a bush hog, for example, it's that way. So if the blade hits a rock, it falls it, back. It it, gives. it moves, so you don't just have that impact right on a rock or a stump or something. Uh, and it's a similar idea for the robot mowers, but on a much 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 smaller scale because you're using. Uh, basically like safety razors, right? Double-sided razors. And if they hit a rock or a pebble or a stick or something, that or prevents finger. them from breaking the blade.
1: And this is all going right hand in hand with the idea of why Husqvarna is ahead of everybody else. So they actually did toddler testing in the early 2000s. Um, oh, boy, I wouldn't want to have been there for that. And not only not only did they change the body design a little bit from it, but they also added more safety features. And so when I got into robotic lawnmowers back in 2017, I bought every brand I could get my hands on and just started running tests. And I had two questions. One, legitimately does this cut grass? Because if it doesn't cut grass, I don't want to represent it. Two, is this safe around an inquisitive toddler? Mm -hmm. Can I look at somebody's kid and they're staring at that mower and I still feel comfortable turning my back and walking away? knowing that that kid is 100% going to walk straight up to that mower and start p- touching it and start playing with it. And for me, I could actually trick many of the other brands into some kind of safety feature where I could lift up on the mower and the blades are still spinning. Yeah. When it came down to Husqvarna, though, before the wheel leaves the ground, the skid plate, you know about the skid plate? Yep. The skid plate is still spinning. The blades are at a dead stop. I've never been able to get a video of those blades moving without just blatantly having the mower run over my phone. That's important. Because as soon as you lift up on that body, it freezes the blades exactly where they
2: yeah, are. Yeah, so, so as somebody who has a 3-year-old, I can tell you She's Absolutely. absolutely yeah. <laughs> they are going to t- your t- kids are going to touch the lawn mower. Well, I'm
0: assuming in a decor. Do people decorate them and dress them up and make them oh, look yeah. like their dog? My, or, I mean, my, I would.
2: my 3-year-old likes to put her stuffed animals on it and they nope. go for rides around the lawn. oh yeah we do vinyl wraps for them
1: so uh we do traditional vinyl wraps we do for 100 bucks i think we have like 16 different different ones i see that as a great upsell potential man it it is and we do custom ones too um basically the way we saw it was didn't make sense to for somebody to ship it to us even just the plastics and so what we did is we die cut little tiny pieces and then we're able to roll it up and ship it out Uh, and then from there you can just peel each individual piece off and put put it it on yourself yeah. I think it's cool. Like I would want to, if I would, again,
0: I would go back to the landscaper. I like landscapers. I want them to really take advantage. If you're a landscaper and listening to this, you need to take advantage. I'd dress mine up for Christmas, new year. I would dress it up on if I
1: was a bucks fan on Sundays for football. Why not man? Have fun with it. It's great advertising to do all that stuff. I've seen people add skeletons to the top of it yeah. for Halloween. They read out the lights with a little bit of a, a Sharpie or a whiteboard eraser marker. That's um, awesome, but when it comes down to landscapers, what this is what we actually do for landscapers is we make vinyl wraps for their company. see and that way every go. yard that has one of their mowers, it has their company name Perfect. Imagine.
2: which makes total sense because it does. I you see put a people, number on there man I look on yeah. my security cameras daily yep, and I see people every single day stop and watch my lawnmower. Yeah, like they're just sitting there. what, could you, what is that doing?
1: Could you imagine though a large landscaper? with 500 mowers across that city with his name on them. Yeah. He's cruising around the yard. How many photos, how many videos? So the first landscaper that gets that done in an area, how long are they going to dominate just because they got that marketing edge over everybody? I else
0: 100% agree. And, and again, once people have the
1: unit with you and they trust you, you're the guy servicing their unit, You're the, they're not yeah, going to yeah, leave yeah. you. Yeah, and then they start asking for other things. So you may end up like, and that's why I want to do the licensing the way I do it is because it gives somebody an opportunity to, A, act like a regular dealer and just sell somebody a unit or just get a random phone call from somebody who already owns one of the robotic lawnmowers. Okay, cool. You need a new wheel motor? No big deal. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you want a tire to weed whacking? Want a service contract with yeah. me for 30 days? Sure. Exactly. Oh, yeah. by the way, while I'm here, that bald spot on your yard, I can take care of that for you. Yeah. You know, would you yeah, like all me all to send my crew upsells. out tomorrow? Yeah. It's, it's so easy to upsell. And so every time I talk to um, landscapers and they're like, what they ask me typically when they're talking about onboarding and getting a license, they start talking about, well, how many guys do I need? And I always just tell them one guy in the beginning one guy he needs to be sales focused mm-hmm. he is the engine for your entire training customers yeah. and then the next guy needs to be an installer and then little by little they'll both work on repairs but eventually your installer is going to be your repair man. the other guy's going to be your salesman and push it forward from there it's just a matter of adding more cars more customers and as you add more customers you already know you just add more installers more repair people mm-hmm growing around yep exactly and then the way we the way i do this is we offer three different options either you can bring the mower to us or we can come to you and fix it on site or we can pick up the mower and then bring it back later on okay um and under warranty all your wor- repair work's going to be covered but what's not covered is on-site work so typically if we sell somebody a mower we'll do free on-site work for 60 days anything the first 60 days we'll cover it typically, if it's a little past that, I'm, I'm going to cover it anyway, sure. on site, just to keep them happy and let them know that we're we're the good guys. Like, I want your business. I love you. I appreciate you guys as a customer. Nobody wants a headache in the first 90 days. Uh, but once we get in, we know that the installation is correct. Um, so I actually have never put a timeline on my installation for customers. I just tell them, call me. You'll, you'll, we'll both know once it's settled in. But if I laid something wrong and We're two months in and it's a little out of whack and you finally got done adjusting the dry pass wire and that one section needs to move, just call us.
2: So I I will say having installed a mower, (laughs) there is absolutely a period of time where you and your mower have to learn the lawn. Yeah, I always tell customers. Like.
1: I always tell customers it's about two months to settle in your mower, um, just because you're on a learning curve. The mower, when it's mapping out your yard, he's going to take minimum two months to build his mental map, and to fully build it, he might be all the way into the next season before he's finished building the map and making a decision of where to go, how often to go there, so on and so
2: forth. And that's the nice thing about the new X series mowers. Like I've got a 415 X, yep, and it has that mapping technology, the aim technology, to where it literally I can I could look on my phone right now and it's gonna tell me exactly where that mower is, where it's been, yep, like super
1: cool. You can create stay out zones with that. So if you were to dig a hole in the middle of your yard with a traditional unit, you'd have to barricade that hole off so the mower. He didn't uses fall in. toilet seats to cover the holes in his backyard.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> that was sense. one. That was one time. <laughs> yeah. It was one time. He's on
0: vacation. (laughs) He calls. He goes, something's wrong with the... With the robot mower, can you go over and see? I go over and it's a toilet seat covering a back uh, a hole, <laughs> and one of the wheels fell in the toilet seat. So, <laughs> listen, here's I have to run because this is I didn't expect this to go this long. This is super, but you guys keep going if you you want to keep going. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll I know hang it, out all it's day. super douchey to have to leave the middle of a yeah, podcast. I'm you're sorry, leaving i leaving your own podcast. You know, right? I didn't expect this to go. I'm just telling. You, I mean, I'm into it, but I cannot wow. miss this appointment. Yeah, so you guys keep going. you know how to stop everything. I do not. You don't. Nope. push that button there and you can figure out that camera up there all right and make sure matt gets a lot of uh really good um swag and stuff. all so the swag goes. seriously i'm sorry i have to go i i thought this was going to
1: only go like 30 minutes <laughs> dude. but <laughs> no. we will have you back or how often are you down here so i'm here for the night i'm going to go to the baseball game tonight mm-hmm. and then i'm flying out in the morning all right but how often are you in florida in general hit or miss okay yeah i'm not, Next here, time I'm you're not down here, here on here. a regular basis but it's going to be a GIE. but uh the so we'll see him at GIE. Yeah, you'll yeah. definitely see me at GIE. And the plan is to have coast to coast domination. So hopefully you'll see me in Florida right. a lot. You more. like how easy it's well, that to we that We'd love to have you come over that way. It's great networking, meet with some other influencers and that kind of stuff. Definitely. And uh,
0: all right. Well, let's just wrap it up then, since uh,
1: I got to run anyway. But uh, Matt, tell them where they can find you. What's your website? winfordsolutions.com. It's okay. W I N F O R D solutions.com. And so that's
0: if I'm a customer and I'm looking to buy a, a mower or if I'm a landscaper looking to talk to you or anybody looking to talk to you about being a reseller or dealer or whatever you call it, that's where they should go.
1: Yep, absolutely. If you're talking about wanting to be a reseller, getting a license, uh, if you click our drop down list, it literally just says become a dealer and you can select that. And then from there, it's just submit your information. We'll reach out to you, start an interview process and decide how and if we want to move forward. Awesome. Uh, when it comes down to being a regular customer, it's simple. as one, two, three, and it is literally the first thing on my website. One, contact us. Two, we walk your yard. Three, you get your mower. Um, when it comes down to everybody else, when it comes down to commercial sites and government sites, typically we're going to have to set up a meeting. We're, we're going to have to make a, a larger picture plan. When it comes down to cities and park districts, mm-hmm. we have to do an entire master plan. Um, and that, that's Makes just sense. the truth. safety issues all are different. It, just, it starts getting really complex once you get past a 1,000 acres. So it's one thing to do like a You're doing properties that large. We're negotiating with properties and I've already got several of them that have already said yes, it's a done deal, but we're waiting on regulatory issues to clear up before we can move forward with installation. See, now
2: that's something I would love to talk more about, but we'll, I mean, we'll definitely have you on again. The
1: FAA literally wrote their rule book because of me.
2: that's a pretty cool claim to fame there I,
1: yeah I wish I didn't have it though I wish they would just let me install the mowers <laughs> Jeez, yeah right all right
0: we have to save some stuff for the next time seriously we will have you back man love you guys um, this would be awesome so thank you I mean I would loved hearing about I love the entrepreneurial stuff man I like your drive and
1: no like me and you we're business. gonna talk about business a lot more yeah I like I, I, I'm just addicted to business and it wouldn't matter what business you could get me to talk about business on any industry just because I'm Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been into it and I'm fascinated about it. That's so good. We'll have we'll some good talks because talk I enjoy business, but it stresses me out so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be
0: honest with you, man, but
2: okay. All right. All hey, right. make sure you look this guy up on TikTok. It is Matt the Mower Guy. Matt, yep, the, Mower Matt guy. the
1: Mower Guy on TikTok. Uh, you can definitely follow my regular. F- oh,
2: my gosh, Google.
1: <laughs> so it's Matt the Mower Guy on TikTok. Uh, you can definitely welcome to follow any of the social media for the business. It's Winford Solutions, uh, winfordsolutions.com. Or my name is Matthew Patrick. I have a regular old Facebook, believe it or not. You can follow that, too. Young guy on the Facebook. Thanks, Matt. Right, Good guys. having you, brother. Anytime, guys.
0: All right, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed that one. Something certainly a lot different than what you're used to, but very, very interesting to me. My biggest thought there or my biggest takeaway in the beginning as you know I kind of mentioned I kind of called out lawn professionals you guys that are out there doing maintenance week in and week out mowing lawns for folks I really do think the future for you is in autonomous and go into that kind of cell phone store model where you have the different models of mowers you can lease those out to your customers you can sell them to your customers every couple of years they buy a new one an upgraded one And that's all on you. That's all something that you may even own a finance company one day because you're financing so many of these. And so, by the way, that's one of the secrets to how auto dealers make money. Uh, But you got to kind of think about retooling your business that way. Maybe if you're a dealer, this is uh, something for dealers to get back into. Um, I don't know, but You're still going to be on these properties, professionals. You're still going to be out there every week doing the edging and the weed whacking, which is the thing the homeowners even hate worse than mowing. So they're going to still have you around because they need that done. And then again, they need somebody to sharpen the blades, change the blades out because they do have to be changed every so often. And then honestly, the bigger threat, even further threat that these robot mowers have is to you fertilizing folks out there because lower cut lawns are going to naturally be less Weedy, and I think that a reason that people call companies like True Green these days isn't necessarily to have the lawn green, but it's more because they want the weeds gone. And so, a lawn that is literally cut every other day, even though it might have weeds in it, it doesn't—they don't show ever, um, and they do have less weeds anyway. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. It's me throwing out some spitballs there again as I sit here on a Sunday afternoon, just chilling, hanging out at the office, and uh, doing the thing I love—talking about lawn care. So. I'd be interested to know what you all think. If you're on YouTube, leave me comments below. Otherwise, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or wherever else comments are sold. I'm Alan Hayne, The Lawn Care Nut. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. and I'll see you in the lawn.